So a um, couple of questions for you. First of all, how many of you have a product, a service, or something that you need to sell? Yeah, lots of you. And how many of you need to have more sales? Yeah, exactly. Sales equals money. So if you don't have any sales, then it's pretty safe to say that you're probably having some difficulties in your bank account. So let's see if we can fix that. I'm going to give you some pretty valuable tips here that hopefully will help to uh, kickstart your sales. I'm going to tell you just a brief a little bit about myself, about my history. So as mentioned, I was a single mom for 24 years, raised my boys on my own. I didn't have any real help from my family, and I actually found that I was following in the footsteps of my past generations. My mom was a single mom. She lived on welfare all of her life uh, and never worked, and as well as many other family members. So I certainly saw myself going down that same road. But there was something, I didn't know what it was, but there was something inside of me that said, that's not right. Other people don't live like this. You know, so why are we living like this? So I knew that there was something inside of me, but I just didn't know how to fix the problem, and I didn't know how to correct it because I had no role models and I didn't have any support. So Christmas 1990 came along, and this was a breaking point for me. I was unbelievably broke. It was the lowest point in my life. I could barely scrape together enough money to buy each of my boys one Christmas gift. And I was very depressed. And if it wasn't for a really sweet, beautiful girlfriend of mine, we wouldn't have even had a Christmas tree. So it was not, not really a happy time. I had signed up for a Christmas hamper so that we could at least have some, a nice Christmas dinner for the kids. And I remember when the man brought it to the door, and I was so incredibly thankful, but I was also sad. It just made me really sad that I was still living on handouts from other people, but I didn't know what to do about it. So that Christmas Eve, I went to bed, and I'm not a crier, but that particular night, I actually cried myself to sleep because I was just very depressed. I got up in the morning, put a smile on my face, and uh, went about the day. And then that night, when the kids were in bed, I sat by myself, and I just thought, really? Really? Like, is this your, is this your path? Is this what your future is going to be? So what are you going to do? And so I went on a little bit of a discovery, and I eventually, uh, eventually, uh, it took a while, but I eventually decided to go into sales. And uh, that's how I ended up in my sales career. So I went from standing in line at the food banks, living off of welfare and uh, constantly being broke, to uh, being the number one realtor in my office. I was the first uh, realtor to ever be uh, number one in my office as a female. It was the old boys club, so that was good. And uh, I won all the awards that you could win for my company, and uh, I sold over $250 million in sales, and as well as uh, selling out many, many multifamily developments. So I've done very well. I've come from that to that. So I, I did very, very well. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about why buyers buy. Okay. Sometimes I think that we get a little bit confused as to why, what, what would make a buyer actually jump in there and actually buy something. And 
it's interesting. When you look at the psychology of buyers, what, what makes a buyer buy is actually fear of loss. They don't actually buy because they feel that they're going to be able to gain something. They usually will jump in and buy out of fear. So if you take the real estate market, for example, and anybody who is in British Columbia or Canada, or maybe even the world, who's noticed what's been going on in, in our province over the last four years, it's been just absolutely insane. And so what's been happening is we've been in this crazy seller's market, and buyers are lined up out the door, blank checks in hand, ready to write $200,000, above the asking price. They are just, no inspections, doing whatever they can to secure the home. Why are they doing that? They're doing it because they're afraid. They're afraid the interest rates are going to go up. They're afraid that they're going to lose the home that they want to buy. They're afraid prices are going to go up. And so that fear gets them up there, and, um, and they just go crazy. They just went crazy for the last three years, completely insane. So then you enter into a buyer's market, which actually is where we're going right now. And all of a sudden, the buyers start to pull back. Well, that, there's no urgency anymore. There's no fear. So the home they saw last week is still there, and it'll probably be there next week. The media says, oh, prices are going down, so we're going into that buyer's market. Oh, oh. so they're like, oh, well, that's good. Maybe I'll get a deal. We'll just wait and see. Interest rates are historically low, so why should they buy? So there's no sense of urgency whatsoever in a buyer's market. So if you take for, for what you have to do in selling online, what is going to create some urgency to get that buyer to buy from you? So what is it that's going to actually happen? So I would, I would say, not that I would say, I know, um, the definition of sales. So sales is the, is the um, transfer of enthusiasm. So if you're not as enthusiastic about your product or what you have, or if you look at your sales page or your website, wherever it is that you're selling it, and if you're not enthusiastic about that or it's not showing on there some enthusiasm, then they're probably going to back away. So you need to create enthusiasm and transfer that into towards the buyer, and that buyer should be able to, to, to get excited about it. You came up with product, you knew what it was that you wanted to do, you put all this time, all this energy, all this money into getting it together, making it happen, so you were hyped up and, and fired up about it at one point, maybe you still are, but you need to make sure that your buyer sees that and transfer that enthusiasm to them so that they can get excited and get riled up and, and, um, and uh, excited about it. The other thing that I would suggest is, again, go to wherever it is that you're selling. Have a look. Are there any roadblocks? Is there anything there that's causing confusion or possibly uh, turning buyers off when they go there? So I'll just say for me, um, you, some of you may be doing this, but this is just my own experience. So if I'm searching around for a particular type of product or, or I want to see, uh, I'll see something on the, on the net and I'll go, oh, I want to get that little 10, 10 ideas there. That's pretty cool. So I'll go over to their website and I'll click on it and I want to read it. And all of a sudden I get a pop-up that says, oh, sorry, you can't go any further until you fill in all this information. I leave that page. That's just me. 
Now, there may be people that will fill in that information, but you have to really look at those things. Like, are those the little things that's turning the buyers away? What, what, what could possibly be on your, on your website, your verbiage, your, your pictures? What's on there that could possibly be turning them away? Um, I took a course recently with my husband, and it was a three-day major intense course. And when we left, I was like blown away at what I had learned. And I said to him, it's crazy that we didn't know that stuff that we just now learned, right? And I'm like, my God, what else don't I know out there? Like, it's just crazy. There's just so much out there. I don't even know that I don't know these things, right? So when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about your buyer, remember, your buyer possibly doesn't know. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that there's enough information there that they can understand what it is that you're trying to sell to them. And then you can guide them and take them to the next step. And then maybe guide them and take them to the next step as well towards the sales process. It, sales doesn't have to be harsh and, you know, like buy, buy, buy. It can be a very gentle, gentle, gentle process. But you need to sort of take take them through that process and, um, and guide them because they, maybe they don't know. So you need to be that person to guide them through. The other thing is, are you asking for the business? So years and years ago, this is about 20 years ago, this sweet little lady came into an apartment building where I was selling all the units. And she had been renting forever. And she was so super excited because she had gone to bingo and she had won the bingo, and now she has enough money to, to, for her deposit to actually buy a little condo for herself. She was super, super excited. So I took her through the entire building. I spent about an hour and a half with her. Uh, we went over all the different units that she could possibly look at. Then I get down to the sales center with her, and I'm giving her all the information. Here's the, the prices and the floor plans, and here's all the information that you need, some warranty stuff. And I'm about to shoo her out of the sales center when... Uh, a lady that was working with me, another salesperson, she sort of saw what was happening, and she said, well, did you want to buy one? And the lady stopped in the doorway and turned and looked at me and said, well, actually, yes, I'd like to buy Unit 312. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's just sit down and do that then. And to this day, she's still there, to this day. So, so sometimes we, we don't realize our buyers actually want us to ask. They want us to ask them, do you want to proceed? When I would go in on listing presentations, I would sit down with my sellers, I'd give them my presentation, and then I would say to them, would you like to do paperwork? And then I would zip it, and I would wait to see what they would have to say. And I'm going to tell you that probably 95% of the time, they would say yes. But if, you're, but if you're not asking that question, you're not giving them that opportunity to, to say yes. Recently, I went and had a beauty treatment done. And when I was there, it, and it was great, and then when I was leaving, the girl said to me, oh, do you want a book? Would you like to book for like a couple weeks down the road? And I was thinking about it. I was standing there thinking about it. And, and then she said, or you can just call. And in my head, I was ready to say, well, actually, yeah, let's just book that for two weeks. That sounds good. But she actually 
you know, from the nervousness of it, she's like, oh, well, you can just call. And so what did I do? I walked out without that appointment. And in my head, I'm thinking, should just let me, give me a few minutes to absorb that. So, so with that, I'd like to say, how do you feel about silence? Sometimes we get very uncomfortable. And as quickly as we, we can guide someone towards buying, we can guide them right out of it again without even realizing that we're doing it. So silence really can be your friend in sales. I interviewed with a very, very um, well-to-do developer years ago. And I went downtown Vancouver into his big boardroom. I went in there. It was a massive room and a big high-rise. And there was this massive boardroom table. And he's sitting there at the head of it. So I'm like, okay. So when I go, I give him my resume. I sit myself down beside him. And he started interviewing me and asking me a few questions. And everything was going okay. And then, I don't know, even to this day, I don't know why, he just stopped talking, put his hand on his head, stuck his elbow on the table and stared and didn't say one word, just this. And, and then he made these weird sighing noises. And so I'm sitting there going, like, now what do I do, right? And so I thought, take a deep breath, whatever. So I just sat there and I looked out the window and looked around and thought, what a nice boardroom this is. And Oh, look at the table, and yeah, no, it's very nice. I swear, five minutes, that man sat there like this. And finally, he lifted his head up, and he said, when can you start? And I got the job. So I don't know, maybe if I'd have rattled on because of the nervousness, I might not have. I, I, I don't know. So silence really can be your friend in, in sales. So when you, when you ask your buyer, do you want to proceed? Just be quiet for a few minutes. You're not trying to make it uncomfortable for them. You're letting them think. Just like that lady the other day, a couple weeks ago, she didn't give me a chance to think. I was going to say yes, but she got uncomfortable because I was standing there not saying anything because I was thinking, and so she, because of her own nervousness, she talked me right out of making the appointment again. So just, be, just give, give buyers a chance to think for a few minutes and a chance to absorb what they're, uh, with the information. Um, obviously, if they're sitting there for five minutes, you might want to interject, but, but just try to give them a chance to to absorb what you've just told them. The other thing I would like to say is about sales. Sales can be a little nerve-wracking. Sales, you don't always know when they're coming. So you, so you could wake up in the morning and have nothing on your plate, no coaching calls, no appointments, nothing going on, and then all of a sudden, bang, Something comes in your email, somebody phones you. So I just want to say with that, that we should have a, a level of expectancy when we wake, wake up in the morning that something really exciting and something good's going to happen. In my, earlier in my career, I used to get freaked out if I didn't have some sales. And a good friend of mine would always say, Julie, you always have a paycheck. And I'd be like, yeah, but I, you know, like, uh, you know, because it's, you don't know if it's coming, right? But you know what? Absolutely true. I have always in 27 years had a paycheck. So you just have to have that expectancy. So wake up in the morning and be excited about it. Like, ooh, what's going to happen today? 
like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm here with you. I might check my phone. Oh, my goodness, what's, what's happening out there? So be excited about it. There is a Facebook friend of mine um, that uh, might even be in this room, and she had a, bo- a book recently that she had submitted to someone and got it turned down. And she came on Facebook and she did this post about how she was so excited that her book got turned down because she knew it was one step closer to that right person. So just try to be excited and keep your expectancy up. The other thing that I would like to talk about just briefly is gratitude. Being grateful for what you have today will help you to to achieve success. So look around at home, look around wherever you are, and be grateful for all those little things. But there's one other thing that you can do that will really accelerate your success when it comes to gratitude, and that's to be grateful for what other people have. And so what I mean by that, when I started my sales career, and not much was happening with me uh, in the beginning, it was a little rocky, I would be grateful for what other people in the office were doing. I would congratulate them, like, oh my God, you got a new sale, way to go, good for you, or you got a client, or you got that house for sale, that's awesome. So I would congratulate them, even though I didn't have that but I would be happy for them that they, that they had it. I used to look through newspapers and, and see, oh, wow, look how successful these guys are. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. I'd see sold signs as I drove down the street going, oh, she sold one. That's great. She gets a paycheck. That's awesome. So by doing that, you're opening the floodgates of gratitude. If you can be grateful for what other people have, it allows you to achieve it. I even started to be look at people who had, who had nice homes, people who owned homes, drove nice cars, had nice clothes, just the things that I didn't have. And, and if I could congratulate them in person for it, I would. If it seemed weird, I would just say it in my head. And I would just be grateful for it because I knew that one day, if they could have it, I was going to have it too. So gratitude is super, super important. So there's a little card there you guys should have, this one here. And on the back, it says, I am grateful for. So if you can, you don't have to do it now whenever you want to do it. Just write out something that you're grateful for and take it, take it home and, and keep it handy and have a look at it all the time. And, if, you know, just try to always remember to be grateful. It's just so, so important. In closing, I want to share with you my, my most favorite, favorite saying. Some of you may have heard it. Um, I didn't make this one up. But I love it, and I use it all the time. And I use it no matter if it's something bad that's happening to me or if it's something that's amazing that's happening to me. And the saying is, how does it get any better than this? So it doesn't matter if I got a flat tire. I will look at my flat tire, and I'll say, oh, man, How does it get any better than this? Come on, universe, show me. And if it's something really great, like I've got new clients or something great, I won $5,000 on a slot machine. How does it get any better than this? And so that's what I would say. And it's you saying to the universe, show me, universe, how does it get any better? So I would like to say for myself, 
How does it get any friggin' better than this? Look at you guys. Yes. How does it get any better? Woo! Thank you. Thank you.